This is the When Everything is Missions podcast with Matthew Ellison and Danny Spitters. Welcome to an important episode titled When Demons Talk About Missions. Settle in and listen in on a conversation between two demons with the insights, observations, and strategy concerning world missions. What if calling everyone a missionary is a satanically influenced idea? Is it possible that Satan is using one of our own terms against us? This is hotly contested and controversial territory. We grant you that, but it's well worth the listen and consideration. If you're challenged by what you hear today, share it with your friends and colleagues. And find more, much more, from Matthew and Denny at whenevertheringismissions.com. Now buckle up and let's listen to When Demons Talk About Missions. Well, Denny, I am so happy to be back in the studio with you recording season two podcast for When Everything is Missions. And we have a really special podcast today. It's a little bit different than the normal conversations we have. We're actually going to listen in on a conversation between two demons as they talk about missions. Can you let us know what this is going to be all about? Well, yeah, it's it's this idea. We've been talking about it for some time that uh, how the evil one tends to use things very subtly against the people of God. And I think the foundation for the thinking is the temptation of Christ in the desert. Um, So he's fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and the evil one comes to it. And and what does, how does he tempt um, and what does he use to tempt Jesus? He uses the Bible. He uses the Bible. He distorts it a little bit, <laughs> subtle change here and there. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to kind of do something very similar to that, and it's kind of based on the screw tape letters. Right. So right. talk a little bit about screw tape letters. Yeah, if you haven't read the book, it's a classic book. I highly recommend it, but it's a conversation, uh, letters back and forth between Uncle Screwtape, a high-ranking demon, and his nephew, Wormwood. And it's all about their work to deceive and, you know, lead Christians astray. And so often in the book, uh, they will surface a piece of the gospel, a piece of Bible, but they'll twist it a little bit. And as we've had this conversation for many years, Denny, about this prevailing philosophy that everyone's a missionary, everything done in Jesus' name is missions, we've often said, is that a satanically influenced idea? Because given what the, the Great Commission's fulfillment will bring to Satan, it's, it spells his doom, Matthew 24, 14. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. He's going to do everything he can yes. to keep the gospel from spreading to the nations. Mm-hmm. And so we surface this idea, um, everyone's a missionary. Might this be something that the enemy is using against us? It's a well-intentioned idea, right? but it has these unintended consequences. Yes, and uh, let's make it very, very clear. We are not, we are not, not, not saying that if you believe everybody's a missionary and that everything the church does is missions, if you believe that, we're not saying that you are demonic or that you are demonically influenced What we are saying, however, is that Satan very wisely can use one of our own terms against us. And his craftiness, the deceitfulness with which he uses um, these things and uses biblical concepts 
to kind of twist us and to change our motivation is very, very powerful. So this really kind of is a dangerous thought. There's there's two quotes on the screw tape letters on the book. And the two quotes that C.S. Lewis used for this is following. He says, this quote was by Martin Luther. The best way to drive out the devil, if he will not yield to the text of scripture, is to jeer and flout him, for he cannot bear scorn. And then a quote by Thomas More. The devil, the proud spirit, cannot endure to be mocked. So we're kind of going and treading on that ground with this dangerous thought. And uh, is there any other disclaimer we should make here? Here's what I want to say. As you listen in on this conversation between two demons about missions, this is what I want you to think about. Is it possible that the enemy has built a dike that's holding back waves of gospel grace from reaching the least reach and the unreach by trying to convince all of Christ's followers that they are missionaries? That's the question. That's a very interesting uh, question. Um, If that's true, then is this affecting the reality of how the church does missions, right? That's right. Yeah. If If calling everyone a missionary was working I think you and I, no problem, want to celebrate it. We would totally. celebrate it, but you know um, our hearts and you know our intentions. No no surprise there. We think calling everyone a missionary is demotivating when it comes to the cause of world missions. And I think as you listen to this conversation, maybe you'll get stirred up a little bit to rethink missions yourself. Screw tape and Wormwood discuss missions. So, my dearest Wormwood, your next step is to implore these disgusting followers of our enemy to become missionaries as quickly as possible. Some already believe it to their detriment. Use any suggestion you can to make them think that in so doing our enemy will gain ground, ground where we have a stranglehold on these many repugnant people groups. Many before them have tried to rally their troops into our turf with minimal incursion, not realizing the sacrifice and the cost. But, but Uncle Screwtape, if we convince the followers of our enemy that they are all missionaries, won't it cause them to fight for the enemy's global cause? Won't this lead to our master below losing his grip on the people's Untouched by his so-called g g g I can't stand to say it, gospel as they call it. <laughs> no, no, my young apprentice, don't you see? By convincing his wretched children, they are all missionaries. It will be genius. 
they will naturally neglect the work of our enemies to command to go and make disciples of all nations. Those disgusting people groups who are our future food. Human nature is very predictable when it comes to setting priorities or behaving sacrificially for their cause. As you will sacrifice for me, my precious wormwood, my tasty morsel. The things that affect them most intimately, the welfare of their family and friends, and the welfare of their communities and country, are always going to receive their most focused attention. His followers are so fickle and self-absorbed, and this gives us the upper hand. It takes a major adjustment for their mental and spiritual orientation to focus on geographically and culturally distant peoples, our food, living and then dying without the g g g gospel, or should I rather say, the bringing of the bad news of our enemy's mercy and grace. Oh, yes, yes, now! Now I'm beginning to see what is everybody's job becomes nobody's job. Brilliant, Uncle Brilliant! I, I mean, genius! To prevent waves of our enemies' loathsome love from crashing on distant, unreached, and unengaged peoples, as they call them, we will use one of their own terms against them by convincing them that they are all missionaries. We are building a dike that holds back the event that seals our d d doom, the g g g gospel, curse it forever, being proclaimed throughout the whole world as a witness to all the nations. Yes, yes, now you understand. To get them to really care about peoples and places Outside their orbit of first-hand relationships takes a lot of information and inspiration. And if most of his odious adherents think that they are missionaries and believe everything they do is missions, then they will most likely not place any significant value on those outside of their purview, and the nations, as they call them, will almost always be ignored, thanks be to our Father below. Go now, 
Make haste. Let our comrades in arms know that we will now use one of their own terms against them. Use every tool at your disposal to convince them that they are all missionaries and everything they do is missions. They will soon pay the most attention to their own world and neglect those we own beyond the reach of their disgusting g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-
Our position is more delicate, he says to Wormwood. Certainly, we do not want men to allow their Christianity to flow over into their political life. For that establishment of anything like a really just society would be a major disaster. On the other hand, we do want, and get this, is what he writes, and want very much to make men treat Christianity as a means, preferably, of course, as a means to their own advancement, but failing that, as a means to anything, even to social justice. The thing to do is to get a man at first to value social justice as a thing which the enemy demands and then work him onto the stage at which he values Christianity because it may produce social justice. For the enemy will not be used as a convenience. Men or nations who think they can revive the faith in order to make a good society might just as well think they can use the stairs of heaven as a shortcut to the nearest chemist shop. Fortunately, it is quite easy to coax humans around this little corner. Mm. Only today I have found a passage in a Christian writer where he recommends his own version of Christianity on the ground that only such a faith can outlast the death of old cultures and the birth of new civilizations. You see the rift? Believe this, not because it is true, but for some other reason. Hmm. That's the game, Wormwood. Wow, that's powerful. That idea of a little corner, you you mentioned that. And, you know, this is a well-intentioned idea, I think, for a lot of folks. Uh, We're wanting to call people, disciples, to value their role more seriously. So by calling them missionaries, they will look at the world differently and again, I don't think it's having the consequences that people wanted to. For one, if you look at where our missions, finances, and personnel are going, this philosophy hmm. marginalizes those who are beyond the gospel's reach. And yes. again, wouldn't it be just like the enemy to have us just take a little corner here? You know, nice idea, but what's at stake is the glory of God among the nations. What's at stake is the eternal salvation. Um, you know, hell is real. It's yes. a place of conscious, terrifying torment. And as you mentioned in the podcast, when you were playing the demon's part, that's his food. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the unsaved souls. Totally. You know, and so he's going to do everything he can. And I just want to mention again, we've already said it, but we're, we we don't want to impugn anyone's character. No. If they've held this philosophy. We live in a post-Christian culture here, and it's increasingly so more and more like Europe. So I understand the need for a mission-like advance and the um, birth of the missional movement. And there's some positive pieces to that. But again, the unintended consequences is that the priority of gospel proclamation among the least reached has been obscured. So it was intended to motivate, I think. Yes. The opposite had happened. Just sit on that for a second. Wouldn't the devil do something just like that? Intended to motivate, but the opposite actually occurs. Well, and especially that Christianity is not a means to some other end. It's so easy for us as humans to become very humanistic Mm -hmm. about the things that I feel good about when I help someone else. And uh, we're saying here, it is just like the satanic activity Mm -hmm. and the work of the evil one to what does he do? 
to deconstruct, you mentioned the word marginalize, mm-hmm. and obfuscate the significance and priority of extending the gospel to people groups that he has in his grip, especially when it takes sacrifice and commitment beyond what we know in our North American culture. Mm-hmm. This is really significant. We forget that what's at stake is the unreached people groups that he does hold. And again, he is the prince of the power of the year. He does have, in a sense, a rulership over that we, uh, unfortunately, in our sin, gave over to him. He has subjugated man's rule over this earth, and he's doing everything he can to bring about every activity that would hinder missions, that would hinder the gospel. In fact, we are saying that it makes sense that it is not beyond the satanic realm for the evil one to cleverly use and twist Jesus' commands in subtle but harmful and unproductive ways. He loves diversion and he loves counterfeits. That's right. So if you listen to this conversation today between these two demons and you're a little disrupted, that's what we are hoping for. Uh, we, we want to create some tension in the heart and in the mind. And we hope that what happens is this leads to an appraisal of your own understanding of missions. Is it biblical? And and so don't listen to Matt Ellison. Don't listen to Denny Spitters. Um, go to the Word and say, God, what is your position on missions? Allow the scriptures to speak for themselves. Now, you know our conviction. We believe that there is this distinct work of God of taking the gospel of every nation, tribe, and tongue. Um, we should be focused on reaching neighbors and nations. Yes. But again, when we call everyone a missionary, we believe that we gut the mandate and we ignore or altogether forget about those people beyond the gospel's reach. So again, just... We want you to go to the Word and allow the Scriptures to speak for themselves. Well, I I want to. What a blessing to have this book written by C.S. Lewis. As oh, yeah. hard as it was for him to write it, and uh, I would highly recommend you if you do not have this in your library or you've not mm-hmm. read this book as a Christian, become aware of the enemy's devices, of his tactics and get the book and read it. You'll be greatly blessed by it. And uh, you know what? It was kind of fun, actually, trying to do our own kind of screw-tapian kind of, you know, kind of edge to this. And we hope that it causes people to think a little bit about with this dangerous thought. Yeah, there's a phrase that we turn a lot, Denny, and that is a lot of churches don't do missions well because they've not thought about missions as well. well. So we hope this podcast, again, caused some disruption perhaps, some disequilibrium, and it's made you say, I'm going to go into the Word and I'm going to think well about missions and allow Scripture to drive my understanding. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. See you next time. Great time. All right. Well, now, that was an interesting take on global missions. You've been listening to Matthew Allison and Denny Spitters on the When Everything is Missions podcast. Obviously, these guys know their stuff. They should, after all. Both have decades of real-world experience in missions. These days, Denny hangs out at Pioneers in Orlando, and Matthew continues changing the world by coaching churches about missions at 1615. If the Great Commission is in your wheelhouse, check out tons of content 
at WhenEverythingIsMissions.com. And on our next episode, our topic will be the Great Confusion about the Great Commission. It's next time on When Everything Is Missions. Thank you.